I am extremely excited about what the Lord has in store for us today. I was shocked that Pastor Joy would give me the opportunity. <laughs> I was. I was kind of shocked that I didn't have a subject because, you know, I could go out there like I'm doing right now. <laughs> I can't. But I'm extremely excited about what the Lord has put on our hearts this morning. And I say our hearts because I believe in my heart of hearts, um, the way that this week has fallen, the experiences that I've had with many of you that sitting in the sanctuary right now, that we are on the same page and where we are at with God. I know we are at different stages in, in our uh, development and our relationship with God, but at some point we have to say, all right, this is where the line is drawn. And I think a lot of us are afraid to make that statement or to ask our people to stand up to that point because kind of worried about offending people. Well, today, put your feelings in your pocket. All right? Don't think I'm just talking about you. And know that this comes from the Lord and not from me. Amen? Can I get everybody up on their feet for a second? Lord, this is your time. Lord, these are your words. And these are your people. I just pray right now, Lord God, unity between us, between our thoughts, Lord God. And our hearts that we, oh God, would grow in you in this moment, that the authority and the power of the spirit would just flow, that the fire would come from heaven, fill our hearts and our minds with who you are in Jesus precious holy name. And everybody say for me. I want to read this very important quote. I ran across this quote. I was doing prison ministry with George Chernowski and I was in between um, my testimony and actually getting into the word and actually being a witness for who God is and, and, and who he is in my life and how to help the body grow. And it was kind of scary for me because if any of you in here know George, he is very serious when it comes to presenting the word. And so I'm trying to find something, trying to find something that would hit home with me. And I ran across this quote and it reads like this. If you know the enemy and know yourself, you need not fear the result of a hundred battles. If you know yourself, but not the enemy, for every victory you've gained, you will suffer a defeat. If you know neither the enemy nor yourself, you will succumb in every battle. Sun Tzu, the art of war. The first time George read that, he said, who wrote that for you? I told him, Sun Tzu, it's right there. I, I gave him his credit. He says, nah, you didn't come up with that. No, I didn't. Sun Tzu did. And the whole thing about me and what I was going through at that time was I was kind of that in that in-between. Well, yeah, Lord, I choose you at sometimes. Anybody else? It might. Yeah, it's a lot of us in here that's still there. Amen. I'm still there on some things. And so being in the middle of that where I am now and where I hoped that he would take me, I found out that I was in the latter part of this statement, if you know neither the enemy nor yourself. And I'm finding that the more I get to know people, the more of us, even at this stage in our relationship with God, we are kind of, sort of, in that point. Because I realized that I was losing at that time a whole lot more battles than what it was that I was winning. 
I don't know where y'all at in y'all's walk right now, but I know when I was at that place in my walk with God, I was very fearful on what my future would be because of not making a choice to give God my whole heart. And so since then, thank God, there's been a whole lot more victories than defeats. Amen? And so when we get to the point where we can build those victories up behind us, it gives us confidence to be able to stand up here and do what I'm doing today. It was a process. And so I'm going to hopefully take you through that process and through my experiences to help us grow as a body because at that time I was very selfish. I mean, it was all about me and God. And he's changed my heart since then to where now it's more about God's people and where we are and where he would want to lead us. And so I try to be more sensitive to that. And the way that this sermon worked out was the battle belongs to the Lord. I know a lot of us think that we got it. We think that we got that plan. How many people say, I got a plan? How's that working out for you? You have to start over a lot of times, right? And God's plan is greater than ours. And there's like three different ways that I bro- actually it's four ways that I broke it down. But there's three different topics that I would like to cover and how I made this journey with him. The first one is I realized that God's plan for us has never been for us to live in defeat. Amen? His plan for us has never been for us to live in defeat. You ever run across a fellow Christian and you say, how you doing? Oh, I'm just making it past the, trying to stay out the way. To me, that sounds like a defeated attitude. See, I attack life now. I mean, like, what we, what God, what you got for me today? God, what can we do to show your face in who we are today? I attack life now. I wasn't always that way, but I am now. And then the second thing was victory is attained when our willingness to submit to his plan is firmly planted in our hearts and in our minds. Number three, Will, know that the battle isn't yours. It's his. And then number four is going to be for us to walk it out. Amen? Anybody want to take this journey with me today? Say amen if you do. All right, let's learn some things about it. The first uh, topic I would like to cover is that we need to learn what that plan is, who he is, and where he stands for us. And I went to one of many of our favorite verses on one of God's statements about what his plans were for us, which is found in Jeremiah Verse 20, uh, chapter 29, verses 11 through 23. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in the future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with what? Can everybody see that? With what? With what? 
Okay, why did I have you repeat that so many times? Because in the learning process, a lot of times we need to repeat some things over and over and over again. And what I learned was, um, even in this study, you know, I did not know this was a letter to, to King Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, the first time I read this, or several times that I read this, I read this like he was writing this to his people. But when I was reading, because I like to read front and back and make sure I don't take things out of context, I find out this is a letter to King Nebuchadnezzar. For those of you who don't know who Nebuchadnezzar was, he was a ruthless king who was like bent on breaking God's people down. Anyways, so I'm reading this, and of course, like most of us, we look at what God's plan is for me. We don't look at what God's plan is for us. We look at what God's plan is for me. Oh, Lord, prosper me. Oh, Lord, don't let any harm come to me. Oh, Lord, your plans for my hope and for my future. But then... When I went from having my plans for my future to his plans for his future, which still comes down to it being about his name being glorified and letting the world know who he is, things start falling into place a little bit better. Are we learning this? See, the less it is about me and the more it is about him, the more that he is glorified, the greater things be because we're not in this little fi- this little infinite box that we put ourselves into, but now we're starting to open up the page and see the whole picture a little bit clearer. Is anybody on this journey with me today? I want us to understand that those plans that he had was not for me, it is for us. I want y'all to know something. I'm enjoying this. Because then we get to go into the, y'all like the New Testament, right? That beautiful God's grace stuff. Here comes trouble. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper act of worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Don't that give you goosebumps? His will for us is good, pleasing, and perfect. How good is that? It kind of erased all of that stuff before, though. All right, I don't know about y'all, but I skipped all over the sacrifice. I'm the only one in here that did that, right? True and proper worship. I skipped, I skipped all through that. I got all the way down to his good, pleasing, and perfect will. See, I was, we're learning, aren't we? Now, let's break this down just a little bit. My brothers and sister, in view of God's mercy for us, something that we didn't really earn or anything like that. Y'all know that, right? To offer our bodies. What's the thing we worship most? Huh? This. This right here means more to me than anything other than my wife, because she's awesome. 
Right? But when it comes down to it, when this is hurting, you will do anything to stop that pain. When this is doing and accomplishing something, boy, can our chest get big. Boy, do we start flexing a little bit. We got to stretch then let everybody know we got some biceps. Huh, Albert? (laughs) I'm sorry, I had to get that out there. But this being the living sacrifice of God, you know, it's a whole sermon that could be built from that because there is so many different ways that we... uh, subconsciously do damage to this body of ours from everything from not giving it its proper rest to not giving it its proper nutrition to using things from uh, that's not natural that would do damage and harm to us because it tastes good or because it makes us feel good we do a lot of things to our bodies and then you know what For it to be holy and pleasing to God does not mean that it has to be perfect. It said it right here. It says, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper act of worship. You are worshiping God when you take care of yourself. You worship God when you hit them underarms today and thank you for that. You worship God when you brush them teeth this morning. Thank you for that. Right? You, you are worshiping God when you take care of this. Right? You are worshiping God when you did those three push-ups and said, ah, I'm done. Them two sit-ups. I walked a quarter of a mile today. Right? You are worshiping God when you do that. Go on ahead and give Him the praise and give Him the glory for every step. I learned that the more you give Him praise, glory, and honor, the more He honors you in the success that you would have in the battle that you are facing. You know, you don't just stop eating potato chips. I don't know nobody that can eat one potato chip. You cannot just stop eating potato chips, even though the doctor tells you that next chip is going to kill you. I say this lightly, but y'all know I'm serious. And so I'm looking at this verse. You will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Y'all looking at this a little bit different now, aren't y'all? I can see it in your face. But these are things that we have to learn to mature. And so the next thing I learned to do, you know what? It's God's plan, and I got to love it. Right? It's hard to love when you are suffering. How many people in here ever lifted weights before? Raise your hand. Did some kind of little workout, right? Oh, I am trying so hard to get myself in shape. You know, when my kids started getting older, and I was afraid of them, like, beating me at anything, right? I started, you know, running a little bit more. I started sneaking around here to the basketball court, spending some time by myself on that basketball court. You know, and my youngest son, he finally beat me. He beat me bad, too, y'all. I got to put that out there. Uh, Dang, this is on tape, too. I admitted it. (laughs) Anyways, so I learned it's his battle, and it's his battle plan, so I have to love it, which was difficult for me to accept because I'm hard-headed and I like to have things my way. 
I try to be humble in front of y'all. But when it comes down to it, I still really like to have my way. Anybody else sitting in here that's condemning me for that right now, repent. Because every single one of us, when it comes down to it, we still want it our way. And I'm only telling you this because it's time for us to get rid of those little bitty things that we consider being a stronghold or we consider being who we are or whatever and just admit what it is. It's sin. And when it's sin, it gets in the way of God's plan. So we got to get it out the way so that we can begin to love it. You know what? I didn't love it when my mama told me to go out there and get that switch. I didn't. It hurt it for a while. I take a belt, but them switches, they sting for a while. Right? Anybody ever had a whooping with a switch or extension cord in here? It stings for a while, right? Well, in the same way, when you are coming into God's plan, nine out of ten times, it's going to be against your nature, and the tenth time, you just won't admit it. So, here we go in Ephesians, oh God. Chapter 6, verses 10 through 13. Finally, be... Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that... When that day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand. How many people in here understand that? Raise your hand. Most of us. All right. Let's break it down then. Finally, be strong in the Lord. How many of us feel like we're strong in the Lord? I do. I feel like I'm strong in the Lord. Especially now. We in church. Come on, y'all. Come on. Y'all got to be feeling this, right? And so we're going to be strong in the Lord and in his what? In his what? Okay, come on, say it like you mean it. In his what? Understand something. We're not with somebody that's good. We're not with somebody that's great. We are not a part of someone who has ever been defeated. And we go sometimes at things like, oh, it's okay. God got this. Heck no, God, you got this. I know you got this. You are mighty. You are wonderful. You are great. You have never been defeated. I'm going to go at this thing, the sin that is wretching my heart right now, and I'm going to just give it up to you because you will take care of it in your mighty power. Not only that, but he gives us equipment to get through. And we don't even use it. How amazing is our God to equip us, get us ready for battle, set out the plan, and all we got to do is walk in it. And then we sit here and say, God, let me down, man. Nope. He wasn't there for me. That woman, she ain't right yet. That man, he's still acting crazy. Them kids, I still ain't got no control. My finances are still wrecked. Whose evil schemes is coming after you? Is it God's? Why do we blame him? Why is the first person we get mad at 
It's the person that we love the most. You weren't there for me. I needed you. And you weren't there for me. What? You should be here for me. The way I see it, we're supposed to be here for one another. And with that understanding that we are here for one another, it's extremely difficult when you got your back covered for the enemy to make a good attack, to make any kind of impact in what it is that he had planned out. You know, he's not as smart as what we give him credit for. Those attacks are real. They are as real as the situation that you have to get through. But we keep forgetting to go back up. Finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Do we clearly understand the meaning of mighty? Do we clearly understand that he has never been defeated? Do we believe that this plan that he has laid out for us is his plan? No. We don't. There are times when I don't. This is where we fall short and we have to rely on the cross and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and the authority and the power of the Holy Spirit. This is what makes this verse so great. It's not even who it is that we're going up against. Remember what we read earlier by Sun Tzu. You know what? If you know the enemy and know yourself, you need not fear even a hundred battles. So he could come at you a hundred different ways and run away scared just because you know who he is and you know who you are. Am I making sense to everybody in here? I'm telling y'all, this is some good stuff. I know it's some good stuff because I don't just feel it up here. I feel it all throughout here. We are going to be strengthened today in knowing who we are if we don't know nothing else because I know that my God is a mighty conqueror. I know he can defeat anything that will come up against me because I'm still walking in his plan. And this is why I love it. Don't you, don't you love it a little bit better now? Don't you think that whooping was worth it? Huh? Okay. Y'all want to live it? Let's live it. Oh, this is going to get a little bit scary. Hebrews 6, 1 and 3. 1 through 3. Ain't that where I'm at? I've been walking in it. Okay. Is that 6, 1 through 3? Hebrews? Yeah. Ah. This is going to hurt a little bit, y'all. Just a little bit. Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and being taken forward to maturity, not lying against the foundation of repentance from acts that led to death and of faith in God. Instruction about cleansing rites, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment, and God permitting, we will do so. Okay. This is for us more mature people. This is a very adult conversation. Kids, you're dismissed. You can't leave, but you can check out. I want you to understand something. If you are moving forward in your relationship with Christ, 
there is an umption, an urge to move forward in how you go about representing him. Now, these things that we are talking about, how many people know we are a Pentecostal church in here? How many people know that we believe in the Holy Ghost? I ain't scared to say that in here because we are a Pentecostal church. How many people in here know that we believe in the laying on of hands and casting out demons? We are a devil-stumping, spirit-chasing, Bible-loving, Bible-believing, victorious church that walks in the authority and the power and all the authority and all the power that the Holy Spirit permits us to use while using it correctly for the body of Christ to advance. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? We are only empty vessels for him to be able to use in a mighty way. And the only way that we are going to be able to do that is first to believe. I can't believe that you are saying to me that there are demons. Yes, there are. I can't believe that you are saying to me that there are still Christians that sin. Yes, there are. I can't believe you are telling me that prayer is not enough. Yes, I am. You have to get to a point where you are craving God's word. Not the words that I am giving you. I do believe Scott came here and he said, what y'all getting from here is still milk. When you get into the word and you get revelation for yourself and you are able to act on those revelations and make them a part of who you are, then you starting to eat some meat and then you start to blow up a little bit and then your muscles start to develop and you're able to walk in that authority and you get to do these things that Paul was hoping that the Hebrew people could do, the same authority that the Holy Spirit has given us the authority to do and not just for us to sit here and say, ooh, look what God is doing. No, he is doing that for his name to be exalted. See, we get that confused sometimes, right? How do I know that? I don't know. If we go to Romans, ooh, yeah. 8, 34, and 39. This is so good. It's so sweet. Here we go. Who then is the one who condemns no one? Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword, as it has been written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Keep it going. 34 through 30. No, not in all these things. We are more than conquerors through him. Who loved us for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future or any powers. Neither height, nor depth, nor powers, 
neither height nor death, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There should be some praise going on in here right about now. I don't understand how we could get so excited about earthly things and when we get to the spiritual side of things we get real quiet. When it comes to the things of God we act like we don't know. And he spells things out so beautifully here. There is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. But throughout that whole section, many of us was probably stuck on, we are more than conquerors. Yeah, those of us that's walking in it. Those of us that are experiencing the glory that is the Lord. See, that comes with the maturity of knowing who he is. You know, you know when someone has matured when you don't recognize them. When you don't recognize the person that you are seeing, but you do recognize the God that is in them. Am I making sense to everybody out here? The change that happens from within isn't something that comes about through what it is that you do. The difference in living in it and walking in it is that change happening. When we walk in the authority and the power of Christ, the people identify Christ more than they do us. When we live in it, they identify what has been described as being acceptable by those of us that live in society and what we've learned from what we've read. See, the revelation of God's word through the authority and the power of the Holy Spirit, you know what? You might get something altogether different from this than I do, but it's still going to bring us together as one because he is one. And we're all part of that same body. But that revelation is not going to be so far away from what it is that he has given me and it's going to be able to work better for the advancement of who it is that he wants us to be as part of his body. The battle is not ours, it's his. And it's not for us to advance, it's for him to advance on a very dark world. It's dark out there. Can anybody in here testify to that? They are snatching our children up. Four and five year old boys and girls asking, can I have a girlfriend? Can I have a boyfriend? You know, I didn't have to deal with that with my kids until they was like 11 and 12. But now it's four and five. I got a boyfriend. No, you don't. I got a girlfriend. That's my boy. No, it ain't. Let's be real about where we're at right now. Understand that the battle is real. The enemy ain't taking no enemies. He's not coming at you with no toy knife. He's not coming at you with no play uh, gun. He is coming at you with real weapons. He is out to destroy our families. He is out to destroy what we feel is our freedom. He is dividing us as a people by race, 
by social standards and where we at economically. He is doing everything he can to throw that mask out there so that we cannot walk in this authority to where we can see real change. Is he good? He's so good. Because I'm not the same person I was when I very first read this. I'm not. My heart breaks when I look at the condition even of just this body. And it's all growing pain stuff. You are where God wants you to be right now. All right? So don't sit there and say, oh my God, he is getting ready to... No, it's not like that at all. We are all where God needs us to be right now. The thing is, what are we going to do to advance? What are we going to do to bring about change in our own hearts? What are we going to do that is different than what it was that we were doing? Because we all know the mind of God and our mind, they just don't work together until we submit. And that is the key. No, y'all don't want to hear that. But submission is the key. Yeah, I remember that one too, Pastor Joy. Submit to what? My wife had a few problems submitting. (laughs) Dang it, this is on tape. (laughs) You're going to have to erase that. (laughs) But here's the deal. Long and short. How many times do we refuse to submit to what God's will is? Just on a Sunday morning. Just just on a Sunday morning, right? The preacher comes, calls the keyboardist up. Yeah, where's the keyboardist at? Come up here. This is getting ready to get good. Get rid of that stuff. (sighs) Yep. I was going to tell us how to walk in it, but it's all been covered, ain't it? Y'all know the difference in walking in and living in the word? Does it, are we all on the same page with that? Instead of trying to match the words that we read, let the words that we read match the life that we live. Can we find a joy in who he is over who we want to be? I want the Miami Dolphins to be good this year. They won't be. And I'll be disappointed. But not as disappointed as those Michigan fans. There <laughs> we have. Y'all just ain't realized it yet. Here's the deal. We can submit under the devil's evil schemes or we can submit under the authority that God has given us just from accepting him and who he is. We could submit to our past and who we were or we could look at who we are now and move forward in who he wants us to be under the plan that he laid out from before we were even formed in our mother's womb. It still comes down to choice. In 31 years of training, that my wife has had me in training for being the kind of husband that I need to be for her I still ain't there yet 
But guess what? It's okay. Because I dust myself off and I jump up with as much enthusiasm and joy and knowing that she don't love me no less. And with the care and the love that only a wife can give, she still makes me feel good when I should feel bad. Which helps me understand the love that God has for me that is even greater than the love that she gives me. Which gives me the opportunity to share that love with everybody that's in here. Now there's a lot of things that you can say about me. But you cannot say that I do not have a sincere love for the people of God. Not just in my actions and what it is that I say. But when you look in my eyes and when you hear the prayers that are being cried out. When you are going through it and you don't even know where it's coming from. Come on y'all, y'all have to understand that